Boom! I didn't know we were going to be bringing rhyming in here. I, I, people like rhymes. You might have already won this debate because um, I have no rhymes <laughs> written down. He is already at a loss for words, ladies and gentlemen. He does not know where to go with this. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 238. Over 70% of the world's bacon comes from the Netherlands. Is that why they're so tall? Slow travel, fast travel, no matter how you're traveling, it doesn't really matter because it's awesome. But you know one thing that isn't awesome? When your luggage breaks while you're traveling. And this happened to me on one of my very first trips when I arrived in Switzerland the very first day to start a four-month internship, my 50-pound suitcase broke. The wheel fell right off the moment I got off the train and I had to drag it a mile and a half. It was like dragging a sled of bricks a mile and a half to this house that I had never been to in the middle of Switzerland. I didn't know where I was going. People were looking at me like I was crazy. I think it was 95 degrees Fahrenheit. I was sweating. It was disgusting. I never want to have that happen to me again. And that is why I always carry a backpack. I'm not uh, putting it full of 50 pounds. I carry a backpack. It is the largest carry-on backpack that you can get. I love my Tortuga backpack. So if you don't want to get stuck with your luggage breaking on you in the middle of the day in Switzerland on one of your first trips, make sure you head on over to tortugabackpacks.com. Look at all the options they have there. And don't forget, if you decide to pick something up, to use the promo code EPOP. That's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that'll get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds. I'm Travis Sherry, host of the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast. Hey there, I am Jason Moore, host of the Zero to Travel Podcast. And you might have noticed we're doing a joint show today. I love these. Yeah, if you guys are listening as Extra Pack of Peanuts listeners, uh, you will know Jason, who has been on the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast before, or if you're Zero to Travel listeners, You'll kind of know me. We do some of these things, and we're doing a joint podcast that will be published on both of our podcasts. So this will be out on Zero to Travel. It'll also be out on Extra Pack of Peanuts. And Jay, I not everyone knows this, but we don't have enough podcasts in our life. So we actually started a third podcast where we are always co-hosting together called the Location Indie Podcast. Yeah, it stems off of our community, Location Indie, which if you've been listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, and I know probably the EPOP listeners as well have heard about Location Indie, talk about it a lot. It's just a community that we run to help people that are uh, doing the location-independent travel thing, you know, working from anywhere, traveling around, building uh, businesses they can run from anywhere. And uh, yeah, we decided there's so much around this, we and we'd love to talk about this stuff anyway, so we might as well record a podcast about it. So if you haven't checked it out, it's uh, Location Indie, I-N-D-I-E, if you like podcasts. You know, Trav and I were just riffing on a bunch of travel stuff because, uh, you know, I don't want to spill too many beans, I guess, but it looks like the Sherry's 
are planning a trip to Norway. And we started talking about maybe their trip here. And I was telling Travis, well, I'm, I've been planning a bunch of trips recently, even ones that I'm not going to take for a while. We're just like geeking out on all these all this trip planning. And Travis, you had some debates going on. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Why don't we just start recording this? Because we're here talking travel and that's what we love to do. So we're just like, we're going to have a recording session. We're going to share it with everybody on both podcasts. And uh, we think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So we're doing the great debate. And this could become a, a segment in the future where, where we come on and we debate travel topics. And today's topic is going to be slow versus fast travel. And uh, I will be taking the side of fast travel. So I will be uh, stumping for fast travel and why I like that and why I think that, not that it's a better way to travel, but why, uh, you know, the merits of that and that why it has a lot of pros. And Jason, you'll be taking the side of slow travel. And, you know, both of us have done both now. We've both fast traveled and slow travel. We talk about it on our respective podcasts and things like that. But we actually wanted to debate it this time. I want people to, to let us know who they think, quote unquote, wins this debate. Uh, reaching out on Twitter, uh, at Pack of Peanuts. Jay, you're at Zero to Travel. Would that, that be cool? Kind of give us your feedback on what you think. And um, yeah, we're going to be taking sides. Well, listen, when it comes to travel, if you're traveling everybody's a winner, right? There's no, there's no losers in this debate. And, you know, like Travis said, just to preface this whole conversation, put some context around it. I, I think Travis and I would both agree that we, we both find value in slow and fast travel, depending on your mood. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to what you're in the mood for. And whatever you're in the mood for is going to be the winner of your own personal debate and what you end up doing. So there really truly is no winner here. But it's fun to chat about these things because... You know, we were just debating it. On I'm not going to go easy on you, man. If you That's think okay. you're softening I, me up, I've got some listen. points written down here and I'm going to try to win this debate. <laughs> All right. You could try to win. I think I, I think what I'm saying is, like you said, we've both done it. So we, we both see the merits in it. But since we are doing it for argument's sake, I'll try to win as well. I'll try to I'll try to lay some uh, lay the smackdown on the verbal smackdown on you here, buddy. That sounds good. And so using the trip that I'll be taking as a case study and you know just so you guys know we'll, we we can point to this as well and this is why it came up was that originally I was going to travel quote unquote slow uh we had about we we're doing about 6 7 weeks in Europe and we we're going to hit five major places so you and your wife me and my wife to give you uh what was going to happen we were going to go to Norway first and visit you in Norway Jay and and see some of Norway so that was going to be about a week and a half in Norway we we're going to go to the country of Georgia a week and a half in Georgia we we're going to go to Greece about a week and a half in Greece we we're going to the UK uh, London specifically for a wedding. We're going to do about a week there. And then on the way back to the United States, we're going to do about a week and a half, 10 days in Iceland. So so five places, about a week and a half in each, you know, was going to be about how it broke down. Uh, five places over six, six and a half weeks, which is fairly s slow travel. I mean, it's kind of bopping around a little bit. It's a little You could argue that that is slow or fast. Yeah, really. depending who you are. For us though, Jay, you know, we would say that's a little bit slower than when to people typically go to Europe and it's like three three days in the city, three days in the city, three days right. in the city. Yeah, that's true. Well, it would also depend on like how much you're moving around within those destinations as well because a lot of the speed comes from like if you're checking out every few days and moving on to the next place, you got to find a new place to stay and all that kind of stuff. Right. So it is it is all relative and um, kind of for our purposes and I think for the purpose of this debate, we'll say like, like fast travel, we'll kind of bunch it and say, all right, that would be moving maybe every three, four days. Like you're, you know, you're not bunking down for a week and a half in an area. Um, 
And uh, I think we should just jump right into it. I know you've got some main points here for slow travel. I can probably guess. I think a, a good debate always comes with trying to guess what your opponent's going to say. <laughs> I feel like it's a little easier for me to guess your points with slow travel than yours, you guessing mine with fast travel. So why don't you start us off, Jay? What are some of the, in your mind, the best reasons for people to try to travel slower? I, I'm really going to be curious to hear if you're, if you have any way to respond to this whatsoever that has you uh, come out as a winner of this point, because I just don't see how you can. But then again, we're both from Philly. We're both from the Northeast uh, side of the United States. We're known for our fast talking ways. So we'll have to see how this goes. I'm going to say my top reason when you set aside, uh, all right, I'm setting aside some of the cultural ramifications and, and, and some of the things that go are involved with that first that we'll get into. I'm going to start with, Slow travel is just less stressful and more restful. <laughs> Boom! Boom! I didn't know we were going to be bringing rhyming in here. I, I, if people like rhymes, you might have already won this debate because um, I have no <laughs> rhymes written down. He's already at a loss for words, ladies and gentlemen. He does not know where to go with this. I think that it, can, it would be less stressful in the be like when you're there on the ground, I would agree with that. However, I think there's a lot of ways that you can do fast travel and make it not like like not have it be stressful. And I think uh, going to Europe is especially one of those places. You know, and we'll talk Western Europe or even even Eastern Europe. If you're in an area that is like like where I'll be going through Western Europe, I think it's pretty non-stressful to travel quick through there because there are so many good options. Hop on a train, you can basically get anywhere. You know, um, it doesn't require a lot of planning. You don't always have to get flights. Even if you want flights, you can hop on Ryanair, EasyJet, all that kind of stuff um, on a lark. And there's so many hostels and guest houses. And if you're going city to city, like if you're like, oh, I'm going to go to Amsterdam and then Paris, and then I'm going to go down to Barcelona. I mean, come on, man. You just hop on a train. You show well, up at a sure, guest house. You definitely just hop on a train. And I remember doing that once, uh, uh, hopping on a train to Spain, landing in San Salvador where there was a festival going on and not one single place to sleep. Now, the upside was to that was ended up uh, meeting some guys from Portland, Oregon in, like, in the line at the train station. They were like, do you know anywhere to stay? No, there's nowhere to stay in this town. How about you guys? No, what should we do? We were going to maybe get the, like, hang out for the day, get the train out of town, like sleep somewhere outside of town or whatever. We were like, screw that. Let's just stay up all night because it's a fiesta in Spain. That's what you do. So we stayed up all night. We slept in the park. Ended up renting a car with these guys and another gal from Canada and taking a four-day road trip around Spain. Not a total sidebar, and it worked out, but if you are somebody that doesn't want to stay up all night or sleep in a park, I have definitely showed up many places where the unexpected festival was happening or the unexpected like big thing in your life, even in the States, like pull off the side of the road. Oh, yeah, we're going to be in the middle of nowhere for this thing, whatever. And you're like, all of a sudden, hey, there's this classic auto car you know, convention. There's like 50,000 people in this small town of a thousand. You're sure. like, oh, crap. Uh, that can definitely happen. And the stress, I think, comes from, yeah, it's easy to just hop on a, on a train or whatever in Western Europe, but like finding the place to stay, you know, having to negotiate well, all the and rates. I, and I know. think that would be my point with, uh, with fast travel. If you are going to fast travel, uh, and, and I was acting like you're going to fast travel and you don't have anything planned. If you're going to fast travel, I think one of the things that you do have to do beforehand 
to make it a little more successful is plan a little bit. Um, not something that I like doing, but if you're going to fast travel, I think a little bit of planning can go a long way because then you are saying, all right, you know, like you'll have a you'll have an itinerary and you say, all right, three days here, three days here, three days here, three days here. You know, maybe you book your accommodations ahead of time, things like that. So if you are fast traveling, and I, I do think planning ahead helps because you don't want to waste that time, right? Because if you only do have three days in Amsterdam, you don't want to get in, not know where you're going, spend time looking for a guest house. Whereas, you know, you have a month there. Well, who really cares? You got plenty of time. So I think a little bit of planning goes a long way, Jay. And if you're going to fast travel, plan a little bit, reduce that stress. It might not be as um, as stress-free as slow travel, but it brings me to my number one point. You kind of talked about this. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait, let me just, just one last thing. Let me ring in on what you just said. It might not be as stress-free as slow travel, which Gives the win to ding, 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 Jason Moore. Thank you very much. I <laughs> Moving would, on. <laughs> I would say there, there's there's three main points for me, oh, come but, on. but I'm going to give go. you one first okay. when it comes with fast travel being better than slow travel, and it, okay. and it touches on your story in um, San Sebastian, is that when you fast travel, I, I, it's, it's kind of hard to put it into words, but when you fast travel, you tend not to be as complacent. And it forces you to get out and make the most of every day. So if I know that I'm only going to be in a place for three days, I will go out and I will do every possible thing I can. For example, I was just in Chicago and I know I was going to be there three and a half days and I jam packed those three and a half days with as much as I possibly could. I mean, Jay, we're talking about like getting up at 8 a.m. and I hate getting up in the morning, but I was so excited to go out and do stuff getting up at 8 a.m. and not coming back to like midnight, you know, because I just, I wanted to be out. I wanted to be out and about. I was biking. I was eating. I was going to cool restaurants. I was staying out and really getting a feel for it. Whereas when I have a longer time in a place, I become naturally more complacent. And I'll, I'll you know, I'm not going to say I'll waste days, but I like that fast travel forces you to get out and make the most of every day. Or it makes you feel bad about not getting out and making the most of every day. And I think uh, this the counterpoint to this is that when you slow travel, you can still get out and do stuff every day, but it's less stressful. And what that comes to like my two next points, which kind of tie in together, is that you have time to really get to know the place and get, dig into the nooks and the crannies, you know, because it's very difficult when you're really passing through quickly, it takes time to find those little hidden gems. And, you know, sometimes you get lucky and, and if you're in a town for a day or two, you, you might find them. But you're never going to visit it repeatedly because you're going to have that one chance and that one chance only. And a lot of times, some of the best places are found just by, you know, chatting with locals and kind of just being there for a while until you understand a little bit more. Think about how it is in your hometown or wherever you're from. You know, if you're from a place where like people are passing through or whatever, like they wouldn't know about the local swimming hole or like the the, the cool little thing and like hole. whatever it is, you know, whatever the cool little like restaurant is, like the local spot that like everybody in town knows has the best pizza, but like, you know, everybody that's passing through town goes to this place and like you know, those things can be difficult to find. And frankly, I don't believe you find a lot of them on Yelp or like, you know, places like TripAdvisor and stuff like that. You really got to dig into a place. So the nooks and crannies, getting to know a place, getting to know, well, I'm not going to get to that point yet. Nooks but. and crannies and getting to know a place are great if the place is great. But if the place is not so great and you've just booked, let's let's look at it this way. 
you have two weeks of vacation, right? A standard, typical American vacation. And you say, all right, I'm going to slow travel in these two weeks. So I'm only going to go to, I'm going to go to two places. I'm going to do one week in each. So you, you book your stuff. Like, let's, let's think that people are booking a little more ahead of time than us, right? So you book your stuff and you get there for the, and you get to your first spot and you have a week there and you don't like it. Oh, well, it's great that you got nooks and crannies, but the place sucks. If you're slow, if you're fast traveling, what I, one of the points that I love about fast traveling is the fact that you do get to see so much and see what you like. So if you, again, let's use a two week example in, in Western Europe as, as our kind of go to, right? If I'm going three days in Amsterdam, three days in uh, Paris, three days in Berlin, three days in Munich, three days in Madrid, right? Let's say that. You know, I get to get a flavor of each one of those places. I can get out pretty quickly. I can land on the train and start talking to a local, Jay. I mean, I'll ask him where the best swimming hole in Madrid is. Um, <laughs> you know, and I can get out and I can start seeing that stuff. But then if, if I don't like it or if it's not as amazing or if I just feel ready to move on, I am then ready to move on. And so for me, you know, I like that you can kind of it's like the same thing with ice cream, man. I always love trying all the ice cream. And then later I can go back. And if I really just want one flavor, I'll get that. But let me do three days in five cities, you know, three days each or two days each in five cities. See what I like. And then hey, maybe I'll come back. Listen, I love, you know, when we go to the breweries, Trav, we love to get the, the sampler paddles with all the different types of beer so we can try them all. And I know I'm you're a, a huge fan of that. But sometimes I just want the one a full pint of the delicious IPA. I don't need to try the raspberry beer and the, uh, well, maybe I got to try the chocolate porter, but you know, I don't need to try the wheat, you know, half of ice and with the lemon. I mean, I have certain beers I don't need. I don't need to taste that because I know I don't like that style. And if you're going to bring up the point and say, well, the great thing about fast travel is that when you're traveling fast, you know, you, you can leave if, if you land in a place that you don't like. I mean, the counterpoint to that, you, you have to acknowledge that, if you are fast traveling, if you like a place, you can't stay. How about that? That's the other side of that argument. And, you know, when it comes to slow traveling, you have the choice to leave because you have the time, you have flexibility, you have options. If you're locked into a fast itinerary and you get to a place where you're like, oh man, this is like, this is just what I was looking for. This was just what I needed. I mean, I need to just chillax here. But you're like, oh, wait. I can't because tomorrow I have this tour and the next day I'm going outside of the city to this day trip thing. And then the day after that, we're, we got to get on the train to this because we've locked in our tickets. Man, you're just like, all you do is you can't stop thinking about that place and how you wish you had more time It's there. simple. It's simple. Then you become location independent and you go back later because <laughs> you have more than two weeks of vacation. Um, I, I will acknowledge the fact that, yeah, if, if you're leaving and you want to stay longer in a place, but I haven't found... That when I'm first getting into an area or like a region, you know, yeah, there's definitely been times where I thought, oh, this is a really awesome place. I wish I could spend another day. But then when I get to the next place, I mean, I'm typically very, very optimistic and I like most places anyway. So for me, 90% of the places I want to stay longer, but I don't know if I'd rather stay longer in lieu of seeing something new, especially and again, this is going to depend on the type of travel you are. If you can travel as much as you want, whenever you want, sure, slow travel might, you know, because you have infinitely more time than someone who has a shorter vacation, you know, but I, I just think that getting the chance to sample and see what you like, if it's your first time through a region or an area or something like that, I just, I don't know. It's just, To me, it's, it's really nice to have that new feeling to come into a new place, you know, take the train from Paris to Amsterdam and say like, I've never seen the Amsterdam 
um, train station, and then you and then you get off, and you're there, and you're like, this is new. Whereas you know, if I do four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, twelve days in Paris, yeah, it's cool to find the nooks and crannies, but I feel complacent. Like maybe I'm more well, keen yes, to sit inside I- and watch and two hours in Netflix or three hours, and it's like, come on, man, get out and see it. But this is know thyself, you know, like if you know you don't want to spend 10 days in a city, you don't plan 10 days in a city. Like I certainly wouldn't want to plan like 12 days in Paris. But, you know, again, I mean, I my first backpacking trip was like this blitz through Europe, the typical sort of three days here, three days there. I'll admit, you know, just like I said in the beginning of the podcast, we're we're debating for debate's sake. But I loved that you get off the train, be in a new culture. Go to whoa! That's a big, uh, big thunder strike here in Norway as the rain comes pouring down outside of my window. I don't know if you caught the mic caught that, but man, that that got wild. Yeah, but I mean, you know, going to a new country, crossing the border. I remember. I I'll never forget the first time I crossed the border into Austria, and, and like I showed up at a Lederhosen festival. There were all these older guys in Lederhosen. They were drinking beer. They're like, come drink beer with us. I was like, man, I've been in this country for five minutes, and this is like the stereotypical right. Austrian experience. The next day, I'm hiking in the Alps. I'm like, this is so awesome. And the next day, you're taking the train, go to Italy, wherever, and you get to experience it. It's, it is super awesome and super fun. That being said, because we're debating, you know, if you're all about seeing the sights and seeing new things and taking new things in, then yes, fast travel can be a huge advantage because you're going to take in more. But if you're more driven by like the people you meet or maybe having more quality time to have like maybe more richer, more, more in-depth experiences of a place, slow travel is definitely the way to go. You know, I mentioned the leader, the leader hosing guys who you met within five minutes. I did. But if I was slow traveling or there for a longer period of time, might've gotten to know one of them, maybe got invited to their house for dinner. You know, you have time to like, not that those or things, maybe that would have peaked. Maybe that would have been well, the peak. It's, it's man. not that it's not that those things can't happen when you're fast traveling, and it's not that they will definitely happen when you're slow traveling. It's that you have more of a buffer zone to allow space for things to happen, cultural experiences, interactions. You have more time to meet locals and actually form a connection with them. That's beyond just the, you know, hey, I'm wondering where this is. You might actually become friends with some locals. Like when I was in Nepal for a month, you know, we spent a lot of time trekking in the mountains with our guide Samir. And then we spent a lot of time in Kathmandu before and after. So we got to like know him. He's, uh, we've gone out to dinner with him and his family. Like a couple of times he took, you know, we went different places with him, got together like socially. So outside of like our track and stuff like that. So it was like, we had time to develop that relationship together. And then we were able to follow up and, and actually do some social things together. And now, you know, he's, he's a friend, somebody I consider a friend. We're connected on Facebook. We're in touch. I'm trying to, you know, go back there, actually releasing a tracking series all about that trips. And like, I know we did something on the EPOP podcast too, all about it. So like those connections, you know, we're talking about human connections. So it, it's not always the easiest thing to do quickly. Agreed. Um, that being said, one of my favorite connections I've ever made, and some of you listening have used him as a driver in Siem Reap, Cambodia, Bunti, who is amazing, and probably 200 or 300 e-poppers have now used him as a driver. You know, I met him and we were there for two and a half days. So you're right. It gives you a little more of a buffer zone. I just, but I think the, the more important thing to making connections like that is kind of, I'm not going to say going out of your way to do it, but being very open to it, I think is more important than how long you're spending in a in an area. And I think you, you'd probably agree, you know, like you could spend two, 
months in an area, but if you're not open to it, it's not going to happen. You can spend two days if you're open to it, it would. But yes, it, it, there's more of a chance because there's going to be more opportunity. I I want to harken back to your idea of this little blitz, this this blitz that you did through Europe, right? And you were set, yeah. you know, when you were younger. To me, fast travel, I guess, seems more like travel, if that makes sense. Like it's more of an attitude. Because same as you, you know, when I was younger, I used to travel faster. And and actually one of the reasons that now in this six week trip where I was originally going to do five places, and every single hour I talk to someone and I and I start adding pieces into it. And so now we're at like now we might do seven places, eight places, nine places. Because I, I'm trying, I think, to get back that attitude of quote unquote just just traveling again. Um, and, and this will be different for people in different situations, but I feel that when I'm slower traveling, again, it's not always like the Netflix and stuff is bogging me down complaints that way. But I also feel that there's stuff that I do, whether it be doing work, whether it be getting on my email, things like that, that that again, take away from the 100% travel experience. Whereas if you're fast traveling, yeah, you can try to do it, but you're not going to keep your head above water and you're going to find that pretty quickly. So for me personally, as someone who works and travels, you know, who is location dependent and, you know, has the goal, like we always talk about, can travel, live and work anywhere. It's great. Slow travel is good for me getting work done. And I always recommend that if people are trying to lead that lifestyle. But for just travel's sake, I'm building stuff into fast travel almost to force myself to say, you're not going to be doing as much. You're going to be doing very little because you are just going to be traveling. And again, you're going to be making the most of every day. So I want to get that like young, vibrant travel attitude back of like, nope, I, yeah, I'm going to travel for travel's sake. I mean, it's the freedom of the road. Um, the nice thing about slow travel, like you mentioned in the beginning, your argument was coming from the the perspective of like the person that maybe has two weeks of vacation, you know? So in that way, yes. I mean, I do agree that you get more of like maybe like that freedom of the road where you're like skipping to every place and it's kind of like you're on the go and that can be super fun. But, you know, now you're talking about from the work perspective. Work is certainly an advantage if you're slow traveling. And I think when you're slow traveling, you just have the flexibility to do that. You can fast travel, but you have time to slow it down if you want to. You know, like you don't necessarily have to. I mean, listen, this is like a gray area, of course. I, mean, I guess it depends gonna... and it and it depends how much you're planning, right? Like if you're slow yeah. traveling, but you planned it out where you like you've rented a place for like case in point, Jay, we were going to rent a place for Ber- in Berlin in August instead of like, quote unquote, traveling through Europe. We we're going to rent right. a place because we we're going to do work and Berlin was going to be our home base. And if we had done that, sure, we could travel from Berlin. But if we've already spent $1,200 renting an apartment for a month or 13, you know, we'd be less apt to do it because we would have put the money out. And um, and now yeah, I just said, like, that, yeah. I'm going to screw that. I'm going to, like, just travel right. again versus this, uh, yeah, this slow travel, almost like work and travel type thing. Right. I get that. And I guess to reinforce the point I made earlier in that scenario you would have just really gotten to know Berlin. Like you would have been like, I, I like, I like lived in Berlin. You could basically say, I, you know, not that you've lived like somebody lived there for a decade, but like if you were there for a month and you were doing stuff all over town, you really would have gotten to know that city. And if you're really interested in German culture, like you're really fascinated with Berlin as a place that might be a good option. But like for you guys, it sounds like it's better to just be on the go because you're going to 
maybe doing too much work or just kind of getting caught in a routine that doesn't give you that travel like rush, that travel vibe. And I totally get that. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned that's a huge point is that slow travel, I believe, definitely saves you more money, which is a huge point. I mean, you have time to, you know, if you're not rushing around, like in Central America, for example, or South America, you, you might take the local transportation instead of like the shuttle buses, even though maybe the shuttle buses only cost like 20 or 20. 25 bucks or whatever it is. You're taking local transportation for like a dollar or something. Or, you know, when you're negotiating for places to stay, if you're going to rent an apartment for a week and you only have one week, or I'm sorry, like if you're going to rent an apartment like for three days versus like a week or a month, you have more leverage to negotiate with somebody to uh, get a cheaper rate. You're not moving as much. You're not spending as much on fuel if you're driving, on transportation, if you're traveling, on flights, so on and so forth. So, I mean, as a money saver, you have to concede in this argument, this great debate, that slow travel is definitely cheaper than fast travel. Well, I'll never concede anything in a debate, uh, <laughs> even a point that might be 99.5% right. And, and the only counterpoint I can make to that, and, and I think, and this does happen, and this is a little specific, but there are certain things that if you're fast traveling will get you better deals. For example, if we're using the um, the Europe example as well, you get a Eurorail pass, right? And and you know most people are familiar with this, but it allows you to travel. You pick countries, or you can say all of Europe or whatever. And you know they base it on number of days, right? So if you're saying, hey, I'm going to be in Europe for two weeks, and I want to use the Eurorail pass, you know, and it's X amount of dollars, you can hop on and off those trains as much as you want um, for those 14 days. So there are these specific things that that will work better for fast travelers now. Like if you're slow traveling, sure, you won't take the train. Like maybe you're only staying in one city. You won't take the train, so you wouldn't need the Europass. Not like you'd buy it and not use it. But there's these things that are out there for people who are looking to go, go, go. Even airlines nowadays, like AirAsia has a, has a crazy thing where, you know, it's like a 30-day pass and you could take as many flights as you want around Southeast Asia for 30 days. So there is these, um, I guess, specialty things. Eurorail passes. Uh, you know, you go to a city, Paris has their one day or three day Paris pass where you get admission to all the hotels, uh, not hotels, all the museums. And we know how much you love Paris. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> but Paris, you know, has this, all the museums, everything, you know, where they're like, basically, if you can pack in, like you'll get good value, whether you're using the URL pass or this AirAsia flight pass or this city pass, you get good value out of it if you put as much thing in as possible. So, and again, as a tourist... That's great. As a traveler, I feel like a lot of those things is you're just skimming the surface. You're getting your sampling, the man. It's you're like sampling, you're going you're and the you're getting level. the beer sampler, and that's what you're we getting all getting the love. top level, you know, situation. But you're not necessarily getting as much of an opportunity to dive deep into a place in, in a nuanced way. Uh, one I'll, I'll make sure I'll, that when I get off the train, I always look for the guys in lederhosen if I'm fast <laughs> traveling because then I'm in right away. Within five minutes, I'm in. One last uh, point I'd like to make before we wrap up this great debate. I don't know how many more you have, but I, I you know, we could go on and on, but let's, sure. uh, we, we should cut it at some point. Is, uh, is man, like one of my favorite parts of traveling, and I know it's one of yours, if not my favorite part of traveling, is food and drink man sure. like food and drink is such a wonderful part of uh tr not only traveling but just the the exploratory aspect of like when you're when you're diving into a culture and learning about it like what what a great way to explore culture through food and drink and um i i feel that 
when you have more time in a place, you definitely have more time to find those little local gems like I talked about before. And yes, you can find them just landing on the ground by talking to people. I always have this rule of three where like, you know, if I talk to a few different people and like three people say the same place, then I'm definitely going there because it's probably good. And a lot of times, yes, you can get there quick. You can talk to a local, you can find some spots, but like you're never going to find every spot. And I do feel like to truly find some of these food spots, like you're just giving yourself more of a chance, I guess, to find local food spots. I, I used to agree with you. And, um, uh, now I, I'm not so sure. I mean, are you giving yourself more of a chance? Yes, but but hearkening back to the point of like kind of when when I know I'm only having a few days there, I don't yeah. want to waste anything, right? I don't want to waste time. I I don't want to, and I especially because I love eating and drinking, don't want to waste a meal. Like that's like the cardinal sin for me. It's like, oh man, you know, we we determine how long we're going to be in a place by how many meals we're going to eat. We're like, oh, that's a that's a twelve meal city right there, right? Uh, four days. Um, Typically, what I like to do to combat the fact that you're right, you don't have as much time, you're not going to be able to find everything, but you're also not going to waste meals. I've found it with very good success. I've been able to fast travel through cities, mostly cities, you know, that's kind of where you fast travel through more or less pretty effectively by doing two things. And again, this is where planning comes in a little bit more if, if you're going to fast travel. Um, by asking people what are the best restaurants, doing some research ahead of time. Again, Yelp and TripAdvisor will give you like a, a baseline. But I'm talking about like going on to forums, you know, and getting people's actual advice. If you have a community like we do, thankfully, you know, putting it out on Twitter. Uh, if you don't have a community using the hashtag best places to eat and hashtag Chicago, like people will write back to you, even if you're you don't have your own travel community, you're just a regular person. And I found that I've been able to do that really, really effectively is is basically beforehand kind of plan out some of my meals to find those hidden gems because I'm getting those hidden gems already from people, right? And there's still the idea that you can wander into a place, but how many times have you wandered into a place being like, oh, it's so cool that I found this little corner area and you go in and then it sucks and you're like, Dude, I just wasted a meal here. So I know. And that's why when you have three days, if you have three meals a day, you have nine total meals. If you have 12 days times three a day, you have 36 total meals. That's four times the amount of meals. That's four times the amount of chances that you have to actually hit a home run. You sure, know what I mean? sure. So, but, but we're under the impression that like if you weren't going to do 12 days in one place, you'd be doing like three days in three, 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 right? I mean... Sure. Yeah, then you and have then again you have the diversity. Like I'm I'm in Paris for three days, so I'm eating French food. Then I'm going up to Belgium. I'm eating palm frites, uh, drinking Belgian beer to my well, here's, heart's content. The then I'm going the down to Spain that, and getting paella and like. But come listen, on, here's, man. here's here's one of the things that happens though, and this is totally true when it comes to fast travel. You're when you're on the go, and like you said, you're doing stuff every day all the time. You get hungry, you know, and like you're kind of limited on time, so you're really limited in where to eat where you are, like say you're touring the Roman Coliseum or whatever and you get super starving and you have like two days in Rome and the next day is full. Are you going to trek like across town to the place that you heard about like on Twitter or whatever? Or are you probably just going to grab something to eat right around the corner where all the rest of the tourists are eating? Organization is key. You're, gonna you're not going to have enough time to, to, to actually dig in enough. I'm not so, like, listen, I've slow traveled and definitely 
uh, found some great places. Just and it really comes down to talking to locals. And the more you can befriend locals, the more chances you have to eat better food, and the more chances you have to befriend locals is by spending more time in a place. I'm just saying. But listen, besides that, <laughs> I'm just wrapping up my whole argument in one sentence. <laughs> the food thing is is possible when you're fast traveling of course i've done it i've done it in many places uh, i'm just saying when you're slow traveling you have again it goes back to having more of an opportunity for it to happen like and not that it can't happen when you're fast traveling you i will concede the point that you have more of an opportunity of stumbling on hidden gems on your own with slow traveling because you're there you're you're there longer and it happens the the point for me with eating and, and i used to think the same and now what i've done through fast traveling, especially in Chicago, as I mentioned in the last, you know, I was there three and a half days. Again, organization is key. Those who listen to my podcast already know that I'm inherently a, a not an organized person. But when it comes to food and drink, man, that's where I set, like, that's the thing that is my breaking point where it's like, it's worth it to be organized. And so, like you said, with the Roman Coliseum, what I tend to do now is I will plan out my days if I know I only have a couple days in the city. And if there's like five places I really want to eat, I'll say, all right, we're doing this for lunch. We're doing this for dinner. Okay. And and dude, Google map is your friend. I love making maps now, pinning places around the city and then looking at what's near it and saying, and this is exactly what I did in Chicago. I said, all right, I know I want to go to this brewery. This restaurant is up here. I'm going to do that for lunch and then after lunch. And then I'm going to go see like, you know, Wrigley Field because they're both by Wrigley Field. So it, it definitely... I planned way more for this Chicago trip than I use than I usually do. If I was going to be there for ten days, I wouldn't plan anything. But I knew I was going to be there for three days, and I did. And um, I found that to be really fun because I had a good mix of planned stuff. But then, like when I was at that brewery after lunch, I didn't know where I was going to eat dinner. Right, and this guy goes, "Hey, there's a burger joint that's the best in town, like three blocks from here." And so I did. So I I found a good mix of, I, I guess. Having the plan and having the recommendations and then having a little bit of that kind of um, spontaneity in it as well. So, yeah, you have to plan more. I, I will concede that. If you plan more, fast travel will be much more effective than if you don't plan anything and you're spending a lot of your time stressing out. But uh, Final arguments. Travis Sherry, you have 30 seconds. Go. All I want to say is I like to sample, man. And so if you give me three days in Spain to eat, three days in Paris to eat, three days in Belgium to eat, and then three days to go eat sausages and pretzels and all that kind of stuff in Germany. I'm a happy man, probably more happy than if I'm spending 12 days in one area and uh, spending time watching Netflix and probably checking my email and then also wasting meals by trying to find those hidden gems. I'll take recommendations from EPOP readers all day long. Final arguments on my end. A slow travel, you have the option to travel fast or slow. Much more flexibility to but spend more time. But if you're traveling time. fast, I, you I, have the I, option of travel. If you're traveling slow, why do you have the option of traveling fast then? These are my final arguments, not yours. Because if you're traveling slow, you have a more open itinerary, as you said, as opposed to like when I think of fast travel, I'm thinking you're locked into certain itineraries. You're talking about sticking to a plan. I'm not one to stick to much of a plan. I, I am maybe a, I'm definitely on the side of spontaneous. And if I find a place I want to hang out in for longer than three days and I'm fast traveling, then I'm going to slow the hell down. And hang out in that place. Hang out in that hammock or read a book or whatever. I'm going to have a day to do my laundry and maybe cook a meal because I'm tired of eating out. I'm going to have a day to chill because it's less stressful and more restful to slow travel. There's my final arguments. No matter how we spin this web today, 
The bottom line is this. Travis and I both love <laughs> slow traveling and fast traveling. We've both done both. And uh, this debate was really purely for entertainment's sake. But if I hope you you're a traveler. It. If you're traveling, you are already a winner, as Jason said at the beginning of this. But we'd like to know who you thought won this debate, because come on, we're competitive. And uh, Jay, if you're slow traveling, I'm fast traveling. Sure, you can answer all our emails that are piling up at the uh, t- uh, team at location in the <laughs> email box, because I'll be too busy traveling. So you can hang out in your hammock and answer those emails. Uh, let us know. Tweet us at Pack of Peanuts. Uh, Jay, I get that last one in, didn't you? Uh, last word. Um, Jay at Zero to Travel. Let us know uh, what you prefer or, or, you know, what your thoughts are on both. Some of the pros and cons we might have missed with each of them. Um, let us know because that's always fun and uh, it's always fun to do a debate and yeah. Jay let like you not, said yeah. I mean, it, it's well, all relative it, it's what you want to do and we've done both and I have used to be a huge proponent for slow travel but now I want that fast travel feeling again and when I come back from this six week trip maybe I'll be like holy crap I'm totally burned out on fast travel time to slow travel again it, it comes and goes right it's all about what you want now and uh, I can understand why you be, I'm craving that a little bit now myself because uh, I've been in a place for a while but you know I want to feel if, young again I want to blitz I, through I, Europe I think I think like truthfully it's always a mix of the two really i mean there has been times certainly when it's just fast travel but uh now uh, recently it's been quite a, a nice lovely mix i would say and uh let us know what you thought about the great debate and if you have any other topics that uh that you want us to debate throw them out there because i mean we'll just we'll just throw down man i mean if we could record this we could like drop our mics at the end like all all tough but uh you know, we're not going to do that because we don't want to ruin your eardrums. So uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. And don't forget, we co-host another podcast called Location Indie if you want to learn more about the travel and work lifestyle, the whole working from the road, which slow traveling is very suited for, as uh, Travis and I both made clear and on this show. if you're location um, independent, as we also said, you have the ability to take time off when you want, right? And so that might mean fast traveling. Uh, like I'm going to be doing for six weeks. So the the beauty of the location independent lifestyle, Jay, is that, yeah, you can spend, you can live somewhere for a while, you can travel through somewhere, you can sample and then come back. It's, we are very, very blessed to be able to be location independent because it allows us to do both forms of traveling whenever we want, basically wherever we want. And um, if you're interested in that and you just want to hear more podcasts, check it out. We co-host that. Every episode is us together. Um, riffing on topics and having fun and uh, and teaching you how to become location independent. If it's your first time listening, Travis and I both run that community and you can check it out over at locationindie.com. And we're also partners in the uh, in the Paradise Pack. I want to thank you really quickly. It's been a few weeks now, but if you did purchase the Paradise Pack, I want to say a quick uh, thank you and a shout out uh, and much appreciated. And uh, always fun to do these debates or just, you know, have have you on and vice versa, you know, be saying hi to the e-poppers. You're over here at zero to travel. It's really a lot of fun just to bring it all together. And we all love travel, right? And that's what this is all about. So we wanted to just geek out on some travel and record it. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. You know, e-poppers, if you want to come check out zero to travel, zero to travelers, if you want to check out the extra pack of peanuts podcast, please do so. We have a lot of fun and put a ton of stuff out there to help you travel. Uh, and it's, man, we love podcasting obviously. So, um, to wrap this up, I think. It feels good to sign off knowing that I'm a winner of a debate. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> we'll see. That Thanks. remains to be seen. Thank you, everyone. Get at us at Pack of Peanuts at Zero to Travel. And we'll chat soon. Cheers. Peace. Peace.